Welcome to a new episode of AI Chats, a podcast series produced by our law firm of Haynes and Boone and lawyers from its AI and deep learning practice to explore the exciting, ever-evolving, and occasionally controversial world of artificial intelligence. My name is Dina Blickstein, and I'm an attorney from the New York office of Haynes and Boone. Joining me today is my colleague, John Bowser, from our DC office and also our guest speaker, Sam Zellner at PQ AI, an AI-based search for patents. Today for our latest episode, we're going to discuss PQ AI and other AI tools that help patent attorneys. But before we get started, our standard disclaimer, this podcast is for informational purposes only. It's not intended to be legal advice and does not establish an attorney-client relationship. The topics we discuss are subject to change. Legal advice of any nature should be sought from your legal counsel. And with that, let's let us get started. Sam, thank you for joining us. Can you tell us about PQ AI? Sure. First, let me say thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Uh, always uh, enjoy the opportunity to chat about AI and and patents and intellectual property. So. Just a brief history on PQAI. Again, it stands for Patent Quality Through AI. And it started uh, two years ago within AT&T when I was working there and the intellectual property group there. We saw that we needed better tools like uh, a lot of companies. And we saw the opportunity for AI. And we started working on a tool to help our inventors and help us uh, do a better job in terms of prior art searching, and understanding our, our ideas and patent portfolio. What we realized is that we're working on this as sort of a proprietary AT&T tool. And we saw on the engineering side, when they were working on 5G, they actually were using an open source approach to develop the 5G tools. And we thought, well, why are we doing this in a vacuum here when the whole industry could use these tools and it would benefit everyone. So we switched gears and instead of going with a proprietary system, we decided to make it an industry initiative and create an open source approach. In the end of 2019, I retired from AT&T and and, uh, expressed interest in leading this effort. And so now I am leading PQAI. And again, it's an industry open source effort around focused around AI and AI libraries. That's great to hear, Sam. So as in its name, PQ AI uses artificial intelligence. Uh, can you tell us how does it do that? Yeah, so uh, the, the key thing here is um, when you're doing a prior art search, it, it's very hard uh, with a Boolean search engine to get all the right terms. As, as we know, if, if I talk about wireless, I, I could be meaning Bluetooth, I could be meaning Wi-Fi, uh, I could use 802.11. You know, there's lots of different ways to talk about wireless or any sort of concept. And so that's where AI vastly simplifies the search process. If we can train it, which is what we've done, train it on uh, patents and non-patent literature to understand concepts, not just words, but concepts, then you can actually do a search through natural language and get very good results. And that's what we've accomplished with PQAI. Uh, An inventor can put in just their idea in, in natural language 
And PQI translates that, the concepts in their idea, and then searches both patent and non-patent literature to bring back relevant art. So the focus here uh, in terms of AI, um, you use something called natural language processing or NLP uh, to do the search and to train your AI engine as opposed to using a simple keyword search. Exactly. So it makes it much easier. And, and if you look at the different patent offices, whether it's US or EPO, when they start talking about doing searches with their bullion search engine, they, I think one of them, I think it's the EPO, uses the example of a mousetrap. And they say, if you put a mousetrap in the bullion search engine, you're going to get uh, you know 2 million hits. And then they said rodent trap, and that cuts it down to maybe 200,000. And, and basically, they just talk about how hard it is. And finally, they basically say, you really should have a professional searcher do it. And that's not a very good solution because, as we know, a lot of inventors have a lot of ideas. And the trick here is is they should be going after their best or most novel idea. And without an easy way to analyze their idea, and again, it doesn't have to be the perfect search, but it has to be you know good enough to give them a sense of it. They, you know, a lot of what we see is a lot of inventors pursue ideas that really aren't novel and they've wasted a lot of time and, you know, money pursuing these ideas that just weren't that strong. Yeah. So I think the point of this is uh, if you use PQAI, you'll get a more focused search and see whatever prior art is available out there. That's right. And, and again, I think a lot of people think that the search system has to be perfect. And as we know with any new technology, in the beginning, they are never perfect. And AI is no different. But it can do a very good search. So think of it this way is when you take an inventor who's never done a search and you can give them at least a reasonable search tool, that's a huge benefit. And I think it's a, it's a win for the industry. Plus, you know, what we're doing here is not only doing AI tools, in this case, PQAI, where we're assembling all the components into an application, the PQI effort is also creating libraries. So you might need just a component. And we're creating what we're calling mini apps to be available for the industry so they can build other tools, you know, whether it's landscaping or other types of tools. We're going to have those what we'll call the common core, you know, capabilities available to everyone because we we want to improve the tools within the intellectual property space. We think that there's a, a, a critical need for better tools at, uh, at lower co- costs so they're accessible to everyone. You know, keep in mind right now that you know, inventors are, are really biased, unfortunately, to white males these days. And, and we're missing out on all the very uh, bright you know, women and minorities that uh, could be doing a lot of great inventing. And we believe that by doing open source, we'll make these tools more accessible, affordable to other groups so we can have more inventors. Again, the whole purpose of PQAI is to grow innovation. And we believe by having more inventors, that's going to grow innovation and it's going to be good for everyone. Yeah, Sam, as a practicing patent attorney, um, I definitely agree with your vision. Uh, so when I was browsing the PQAI website, I saw a vision statement on it. Uh, can you tell us about it? Sure. So uh, again, our vision statement is uh, a number of different components. We talk about improving 
patent quality. And we think that, you know, like I said, you getting the industry together through open source tools, we'll have better patent quality tools so we can check the quality of the patents and, and people can do better search before they start filing. Also, as I said, with open source, we make affordable tools. And so this will give access to more inventors. So there's greater participation in the system. And then the other thing that's really important about open source is transparency. And as you probably you know can imagine, a lot of people are very concerned, and rightly so, that you know with AI tools, you you got to be wondering what kind of biases are going on there, and then and other tools for that matter. And so that's where open source allows people to get more insight into what's going on with the tool. You know, and that transparency creates trust. And that's really important for the patent system as a whole, the industry as a whole. People need to trust the patent system. So we believe that that comes together with PQAI. And so overall, you're going to get more innovation, higher quality innovation, and more trust, uh, which is just a, a great combination. Yes, and hopefully creates a system where inventors as well as small-scale inventors are happy and can get their hands on more patents. So, Sam, you mentioned before um, that inventors use PQAI. Um, aside from inventors, who else is this tool geared towards? Well, again, we're going to make many, I call it, refer to it, many apps. And so then, you know, we can have a lot of the tool manufacturers, developers who are looking for uh, or trying to develop applications. And they're sort of what I'll call the lower labor pieces that aren't necessarily unique to them. They're common, whether it's, you know, some of the natural language ability to predict what art unit is going to be, uh, you know, an idea is going to be uh, uh, classified into or pulling out concepts or related wording. You know, there's lots of what we'll say core, you know, common elements that everybody needs to develop. And rather than force all inventors to develop these, we're going to make them accessible to everyone so they can work on the higher order piece. So we we see developers, uh, you know, application providers interested in, in what's going on with PQAI. We think patent attorneys are going to be interested because they're going to want to do a quick check. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of uh, patent attorneys see ideas and they'd like to understand is this idea really novel? You know, the inventor says it is, but is it? They can use PQAI. You know, ideally, the inventors will use PQAI. Um, we are hoping that patent examiners would use PQAI. And again, I think people can understand it. It doesn't have to be the perfect tool. If it does an hour or saves an hour or two hours worth of work for an examiner, a patent attorney, whoever, that's a big win. And then they can go to what I'll call higher order searching and analysis. So PQI doesn't have to be perfect to be beneficial to, I think, everybody in the industry. So, John, I know that patent prosecution is part of your practice. How would PQI tool help you? So the, the biggest aspect of um, AI helping my practice in not just patent prosecution, but also patent litigation is finding relevant prior art. Um, a lot of times what happens is that a client comes to the firm or me and says, I've been accused of infringing this particular patent. 
and they want to investigate whether the patent should have been issued in the first place. You know, we all know that um, one of the issues with the patent process is that maybe there's not enough um, time given to the examiners to always investigate patents. So there are some patents that uh, may not or should not have been issued. And what I'm able to do is to look to see uh, – to Sam's point and, and focus on particular concepts. That's one of the issues that I always run into when I do my own searching um, is I have to focus on specific keywords. And Sam gave some great examples about searching for wireless as opposed to Bluetooth. If I'm focusing on, if I use the word wireless, but the, the patent I'm looking for, hopefully trying to find uses Bluetooth, and I use just a, a regular Boolean search, I, I might miss that. And so I, I really, really enjoy the the promise of AI, especially being able to look at uh, the concepts and, and, and bring back instantaneous results. That's another... Uh, bonus for me is because you know sometimes a client will come and say i've got uh this patent that i'm worried about or a patent i'm interested or uh, you know an idea that i want to pursue <clears throat> and you know we send that out to a search firm and sometimes it can take three to four weeks and that's just a, that, that's a delay in the process i'd like to be able to give more instantaneous feedback to clients and that's what ai uh, provides Hey, can I jump in here? One of the other pieces that, John, I think you'll be excited about, which nobody else is doing, actually two components that nobody else is doing. One is we're, we have a beta version of a 103 search engine within PQAI. So not only, and for people who aren't, you know, up on the, the, techno, you know, the terms and all. So again, 102 would be the single document, which everybody's engine does right today, right? They look for a single document that has the whole concept in it. Um, 103 is the con- the concept of combination or inventiveness, uh, obviousness, at where you combine multiple documents together. And we already know that a lot of inventors don't even know about 103. So PQI, uh, again, using AI, is combining multiple documents. In this case, we're only doing two, but combines two documents together to try and find the concept. So that's a, a unique thing. Another piece uh, you know, I should mention here is that what uh, what we've we've set a high bar for PQAI because we only provide you ten results. You know, a lot of that search engines give you five hundred or something like that, and we just feel that's not useful. We need to come up with really relevant art within ten. So that's the bar we've set for ourselves is 10 documents. You can still get more documents if you want, but we really want to have relevant art to the idea within the 10 documents. So it's reasonable for an inventor, a patent attorney, or anyone to be able to look through and figure out, is this idea relatively novel or not? Another thing we do just to make the system really efficient is if you look at PQAI, you'll see the results you know, we show you the abstract, we show you the first diagram, but what we do is we do what something, uh, I think most patent attorneys would say, you're creating a claim chart. And exactly. We show you, we show your idea, break it, break it up into concepts, and then we take fragments from the, the document that we've cited and line it up to the concepts in your idea. So, you know, if it says your, your idea is about, um, uh, a mobile phone with two cameras on it, we're going to try and find within the document phrases that talk about, you know, it's a mobile phone and it could have multiple cameras. So we make it very easy for you 
to assess whether this document really has what we're talking, you know, uh, has the, the information describing your idea. And you don't have to go searching through the document. It's there. So that's another, you know, very unique piece that we provide with PQI that I think is quite exciting. Sam, I agree with you. It's uh, it's very exciting. And I'm even more excited that I would have only 10 search results as opposed to 500. Yeah, that, that, that is also very exciting to me because that's one of the drawbacks is when you do a Boolean search, you can get thousands of results and at some point, you just got, got to call it a day. I mean, the client usually doesn't have an endless budget to be looking at thousands of references, many of which have no relevance really uh, other than the fact that a word was in common with what you're looking for. Uh, I just wanted to highlight that we have a PQI report we just launched, uh, which is a nice, very concise report that inventors or patent attorneys or anyone can utilize to look at the results and share the results with somebody else. We think this is important. For example, an inventor trying to get funding could give a VC this report and say, look, it, I've done some searching on this. I believe my idea is novel. And they can give a report that, you know, even non-technical, non-patent people could appreciate and understand. So I have a question for you, Sam. Uh, which databases do you use to train PQAI? Like I'm sure there is a database with U.S. patents and patent applications. Um, what else do you use? So we've done a number of different things. And, and I first want to put a caveat out there that what we've recognized here is there's a problem that we're actually working with Carnegie Mellon on is there is no benchmark for search engines. And that's a real problem. Um, so why we've trained it, it's hard to know. How do you compare search engines? There's, there, so we're trying to come up with some benchmarks that we can work with the industry to get some agreement on. But we've trained it on, we've done a number of different ways in which to train it. We've trained it on, obviously, the, the patent data. We've also looked at um, um, the PTAB data and tried to utilize that information to help us refine it. And then we've also um, worked with a number of companies that do, you know, research, prior art research and analysis on patents and, and taking that data to help us also make sure that the tool is working effectively. But, you know, it, it, like I said, without benchmarking tools, it, it's a little hard to know whether your search engine has been trained properly. Uh, what advice would you give to somebody who just started using this tool um, to make sure that a person is using the tool correctly? Again, it, it's, it's uh, maybe classic garbage in, garbage out. You know, if you don't describe your idea well, you know, then the AI can't do anything better than what you've described. So you know, one of the things you need to think about is, is if the results aren't coming up the way you're expecting, have you described your idea properly? Uh, you know, look at describing it better. And this is this brings up an interesting issue that we're we're wrestling with and actually trying to work on is with a Boolean search engine, when you use a Boolean search engine and it doesn't give you good results, you can blame yourself, right? You say, well, obviously, maybe I didn't put in the right words to get the right, you know, data. But when you use AI, a lot of people don't think of, you know, the description they put in as, uh, being poor. So they basically say, well, the tool doesn't work. 
So that's sort of an interesting dilemma we've we've run into and we're getting some feedback on. So we're actually trying to work right now on a new feedback mechanism to help you know users understand that maybe your description wasn't that good or maybe the the engine didn't uh, do a good job and so you need to help guide it a little bit. So it sounds like the training that a person would need is to describe what the invention is. That's right. You need to, to think about how your, your idea is being described. As you, you guys probably you have seen with a lot of inventors, I think they sometimes have trouble articulating what their idea is. They tend to talk about a lot of different things and um, you know, get sort of confused about what is the core invention. So that, that would be probably one of the things that, uh, again, PQI is not trying to replace the patent examiner, the professional searcher, uh, the patent attorney. But it helps, I think, uh, inventors you know, utilize their time effectively. But that's what I would uh, definitely caution inventors about is try and make sure you understand what your idea is and try and articulate it concisely. Uh, John, what do you think? Uh, will this tool help us with the patent practice? Definitely. I, I use AI searching uh, quite frequently. Uh, I, it has not replaced the traditional prior art search uh, processes, uh, but it is. I use it in conjunction with um, those traditional prior art search processes. Uh, just as an example, a client comes to me and says, I'm concerned about this particular patent. Um, is it valid is it you know obvious over prior art that the examiner might not have previously considered i'll i'll uh conduct a prior art search with an outside search firm but you know that takes two to three weeks sometimes longer but when i use the ai, AI search tools i get instantaneous results um and i then have to you know go through them but because of the natural language processing the results i get back are typically a lot more focused than I would just doing a, a search on my own with Google patents. So it, it is making my job um, a lot easier. I certainly still have to consider and review the, the prior search results, but I feel like I'm getting more relevant search results. Yes. And I think in this case, you're initially capped at 10, which I think is amazing if you get the art that you're looking for. Um, Sam, uh, what can we expect from PQAI in the future? Well, as I said, we're making these mini apps. So PQAI, the PQAI prior art search piece is a combination of these mini components. We're going to, uh, the PQAI software is available uh, right now to download if somebody wants to download it. But we're going to also break it out into components too. Like I said, the mini apps that they're going to be available. And um, we're going to work with the industry to find out what other components around AI would be very helpful and try and get those uh, going in terms of open source elements. And to be clear, we're not expecting that PQI is going to replace all search engines or anything like that. There's lots of very unique and customized approaches. But we think this can be a general search tool and these components will be general components that people can utilize to build higher order applications like PQAI. So um, that's, I think that's going to be uh, moving the industry forward very quickly. And we're excited about it. And uh, we wish you a lot of luck with expanding PQAI in the future. Um, is there anything else about PQAI that you would like to share with us? 
Well, um, I want to make sure that everybody knows that you can go to Project pq.ai to learn more about it. Um, we are looking for, like I said, we're looking for feedback. If you want to use the free tool to do searches, prior art searches, or whatever type of search you want to do, it's available for free to all users. We uh, have an API option that you want to integrate it. Uh, we've had a number of customers wanting to integrate it into their website. That's available. Uh, like I said, we have a GitHub site where you could download the code. Um, we are looking for developers and contributors um, to help us just make the tool better. So uh, get involved, try it out, give us feedback. And you can reach out to me at sam at projectpq.ai. Well, Sam, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. And also thank you to our guests and listeners for joining this episode of AI Chats. You can find today's episode and also future ones on major podcast platforms such as Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Amazon. Our podcasts and relevant articles about AI topics are also located at the firm's AI and deep learning practice page, which can be found at HanesBoone.com. Our practice page also contains contact information for all the lawyers in the practice group. Please free, feel free to reach out to any of us to suggest future AI chat episodes. Take care all.